This is Play for Life, and today we'll hear from Julie Randall, a woman who really knows how to play. What is Play for Life? It's a podcast, it's a community, and it's all about helping us remember that if we stop playing, we start dying. Come on, let's go play. Welcome back. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. It's been a great day. It's an episode I'm excited to share with you because this has been recorded way over a year ago and I just couldn't figure out how to edit it. It's a conversation with Julie Randall. She used to be my backyard neighbor. She is just such an example of play throughout her whole life. So enjoy this, even though it's longer than normal. I think you won't be sorry. Okay, here we go. Julie Randall, you guys, this is a woman who has been like, I've joked with her that she and her husband are my couple goals, my life goals, <laughs> is to be like these guys. So I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. She used to be my backyard neighbor, and now she's, oh, what, a half hour away? Yeah, half hour. So this is Julie Randall. And you're always so kind to say that we're your life goal. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching what you guys do. It's so fun. Um, tell us just kind of what phase of life you're in. So we are empty nesters. Um, have been for a few years now. My husband was getting ready to turn 60 and decided he was going to retire. Um, we have four children. So three are married and one is not. And then we've got six grandkids and one on the way. Oh so my gosh. Congratulations. We're in just an amazing time of life. You probably always say that. <laughs> You'll also notice that she is a, an optimist. I love that about her. She is just so positive. So, okay, so that's what phase of life you're in. Now, just give us a little bit of background about how you play currently, like right now. And then we'll kind of go through how you've played throughout your life. But right now, what are some things you do to play? Um, in fact, you guys, I have to say, she plays so much, we've had to reschedule this a few times because she keeps having play get in the way of talking about play. So tell us, tell us about some of the things you do. Oh, I do enjoy play. And actually, Wendy, you'll love this because right now I'm just looking out at the mountains and looking at the snow that has fallen. And you and I share your... Um, great excitement that ski season is coming upon us very quickly so it is um <laughs> and you moved closer to the venue so i'm so excited for you yes, to i know 16 minutes from driveway to parking oh. lot so <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> I, See, I'm, I'm happy about that <laughs> that's true that's true um so some of the things I love doing, I love just going out for walks. I love um, hiking, um, pickleball. I, I don't play tennis much anymore because I, I tore my meniscus the last time I played tennis. So I've stayed off of that since I had surgery. Um, love to ski, water ski. Um, we just did a side-by-side -side trip you know, going to the Grand Canyon. I mean, pretty much anything. I love playing sports as well, volleyball um, and softball. Um, but I'm also a spectator. I love sporting events as well. Love going to football games and baseball games. And anyway, pretty much if somebody says, hey, you want to try this? I'm up for it if it has to do with activity. I've, I've always been like that. I've always loved a lot of activities. Okay. I love it. So then let's go back to um, play in the different phases of your life. So can you remember some things that you did to play during like your 
seeing before you were married like what were some things that were maybe different about play then so from a young age I was always involved in sports and and so I've had a love of sports um my whole life and so um I was on school you know basketball volleyball teams um recreational softball teams so I've always been involved in sports I also did dance and cheer and drill team through high school. So I've kind of done a variety of things and then um, started skiing when I was, I think about 10, water skiing and snow skiing. And so I've done that my whole life. Um, Let me think, what else did you ask? (laughs) No, that's good. And then I'm just moving through phases. So then um, let's say in kind of the height of like, you know, your busiest time of having children did you find play went away or how did you keep it around so I think that what we found which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to is that when you're having your children um your play becomes what your children are doing as well and so I remember like one year we got everybody rollerblades and so we had all six of us were rollerblading around the neighborhood and around parks. We lived in uh, Colorado during a period of time, and they are um, so good at having bike trails everywhere. So we could leave our home, and if we wanted to go all the way into the mountains or up to Denver, we could do that with bike trails, which was amazing. I know. <laughs> and, and so... We did rollerblading and bicycling. Um, we had parks nearby, so we were always at the parks. We had a boat, so we were always doing um, boating, water skiing. The kids all learned to water ski when they were pretty young. And um, and so we did those kinds of things. Uh, and then the kids were in sports, but also when the kids were little, this was something I loved that my husband and my friend's husbands would do was one, one night a week, um, my girlfriends and I, we would go over to the church and play, you know, basketball or volleyball or whatever. And all of the guys, a lot of the dads would bring the kids over, which this is something I love is that they would bring the kids over to watch their moms playing oh. in these sports and then um and then afterwards the guys would take the kids and put the kids to bed for the evening and the girls would go out and sometimes we went to a late movie together or sometimes we'd just go out and you know get ice cream sundaes or something um and so I love that because I thought that that was important for our kids to see that moms can go out and play as much as dads can go out and play. Because a lot of times I feel like, yeah, I feel like a lot of times um, it, men will oftentimes have more opportunities like to go in the evenings and, you know, play sports or whatever. And sometimes moms don't do that. And so I love that. That was just kind of a regular thing. It was like every Thursday night um, we would go over to the church. But Wendy, I have to tell you, I thought of this, um, as I've kind of been thinking about our conversation and I was thinking about what was modeled for me. And I remember now my mom is, she'll be 92 on new year's day. And my dad is 96. He'll be 97 in December. So they're, (laughs) they're older, but, and my dad was always really, really involved in sports and he was always really involved in all of the sports and activities that we did as kids. I mean, my parents were perfect models of always um, 
giving opportunities of, you know, activities, but always supporting them also. I mean, they were both at every dance recital or football game or whatever was going on. But one thing I remember that was really fun is I can remember as a little child um, sitting on a stage at one of the local church buildings and watching my mom run up and down the basketball court too. Now, my mom has not been a huge sports person. Um, she's She loves skiing and water skiing. That was something that she loved. But I remember as a little kid watching her run up and down the court at the church playing basketball with all of us kids up on the stage playing. And so (laughs) I love that generational um, play is also happening. Absolutely. I think if something's modeled, your brain just says this is normal. And if it's not, you do have to overcome a new paradigm and that can be tricky, but it can be done. You can definitely yes. start that. Yeah. But, but it is really helpful if it's generational and it doesn't matter if you are the one that begins that generational movement or if it was modeled before you. But I, I do, I love that idea that, yeah. that we bring in the generations of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Play so I important. mean, my kids play, my kids remember, um, skiing with their grandma growing up. And I think, and so now, you know, with Russ and I having grandchildren, that's a legacy that we're doing with our grandkids. And I've so seen we it. have, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, they're so. so lucky. I just think it's so good for them to see that you play throughout your whole life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, um, just, oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, we were, I think it was, we were in St. George and we said, oh, let's go for a hike. And, and like two or three of the kids were like, no, we don't like hiking. <laughs> we're like, you don't even know what hiking is. You know? <laughs> so of course, oh, I, I can't remember. We may have been in Yellowstone anyway. We took the kids and we drove up to an area and we just, we said, oh, we're not going to hike. I know you guys don't want to hike. Let's, but look over here. There's this little path. Let's go walk on this path. And so we, we did, you know, this walk on a path for a mile or so. You tricked and, them into hiking. <laughs> yeah. And then as we're coming down, we're like, so this is what a hike is. This is hiking. <laughs> and so sometimes I think people, whether it's children or even adults, are sometimes afraid to take a step into a new, um, a new experience because they maybe they have a preconceived notion of what that experience is. And yeah. like, you know, these kids were saying, oh, we don't like hiking because they're thinking, oh, you're going to have to go up the mountain and you're yeah. going to be exhausted and hot and sweaty. Yeah. But really it was just getting out on a path and enjoying the beauties of, of our world. Oh, and that's what hiking was. <laughs> that is so true. The unknown is so much scarier than actually the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, I have a few other questions. So, so far, anyone listening who is not a mover, I know you play in ways that are not physical. Can you speak to ways that you play that are not physical? Um, so I know, for instance, travel, is that too yeah. physical? Yeah, no, that's not mover. <laughs> Even though you're moving, that's not the mover style. Uh, yeah, well, and I have told Wendy I made my husband listen to the podcast when Wendy and Danny were going through all of the play styles. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we were just laughing the whole time because every time a new play style was described, 
I relate to it. I mean, I just, (laughs) and so, so for instance, um, travel, we love to travel. And I, one of the ways that I, I love to play in that way is I'm one of those people that if I can, if we're in an area and they, there are placards of information, I mean, I am there listening or reading every placard yeah. of information. Like an explorer. And, mm-hmm, very okay. much so. And I, I love, I love um, gaining new information. I love learning about places. But what I've also discovered is that that's something that I love, but maybe my family or friends or whoever we're traveling with, maybe they don't enjoy that so much. And so what I have found, for instance, we were just up in New England um, a couple of weeks ago and some of these uh, more historic places, even like the place where um, they brought the survivors of the Titanic. And so there's, you know, these memorials of information, but I have found that I have that interest in reading all of those, but not everyone does. And so thank heavens for mobile devices now because I have found that now I will take pictures of a lot of those kinds of things and then as we're traveling to another place I will sit and read through those those you know placards that I've taken pictures of which I think it accommodates everybody it that's part of my play is to learn and and find out information about places that we go Um, but I've also I also realized that that's not how everybody else wants to spend their time. And so I've just found a way that I can still kind of play. I think about when you talk about Danny, you know, you used to think, oh man, he's just wasting his time because he's looking at all yeah. of his phone yeah. all the time. And yet um, that is his type of play. That's, that's totally Danny. Um, okay. So I see some mover and some explorer. You mentioned mm-hmm. you're also a bit of a director. Talk to us about that one. Oh my goodness. I, that was one that kind of caught me off guard. And yet, as I went through your, the play quiz, you know, to kind of determine, um, and as I've thought about it, I I completely fit that. Um, I've kind of over the years, I'm oftentimes like the family travel agent, you know, because, um, I do love to plan activities and, you know, whether it's traveling or just gathering people. Um, yeah, you would get the neighborhood women together and go boating. I mean, you've been a director uh-huh. as yeah. an observer. I, I'm yeah. not surprised by it at all. No, that's true. In fact, I'll tell you, you'll love this because um, you love that people find ways to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when we lived in Colorado, so when our kids were younger, um we had, you know, many of us that had kids in school, but were not working outside the home at the time. And so we would get our kids off to school and we would um, hop in the cars. And so in our church, we attend temples sometimes. And so we would, all of us, maybe there'd be Oh, eight, ten, twelve of us that would all go to the temple, but we we would drive. Like I would take the boat into the parking lot at the temple, and my friend would also take some wave runners. So we usually had one or two boats and a couple of wave runners. So we would all go and attend the temple, which was about an hour, an hour and a half, and then we would leave the temple and continue on another fifteen minutes where we had a lake, and we'd all change into. Uh, boating clothes and we would water ski and and use the wave runners and tube or whatever and then we'd all get home 
in time for the kids to get home from school. (laughs) 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 And so our kids were, so our kids were in year round school there. And so during the summertime, um, you know, a lot of times during the summer, we had times when the kids were in school. And so, yeah, so all of the kids had five weeks off during the summertime, whichever, you know, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter which uh, schedule they were on. Everyone had five weeks off in the summertime, but then, um, but then they would also attend school part of the summer. And so, so during that summertime, we would go on a weekly basis. We had a way that we could all go play as women during the day when the kids were at school. (laughs) That is brilliant. That is brilliant. That makes me so happy. So anyway, that is a way of directing. Um, I tend to be that one that um, plans and gathers families mm-hmm. together. For mm-hmm. for instance, Russ's family um, they don't they they don't really get together very often, and so um, and since COVID, it's been really hard. We had been doing. A, a yearly Christmas party and we have been the ones that would host that. And then uh, we're doing a party this week just because it's been hard for people to gather since COVID and just with different anxiety levels with little kids and, and with compromised health. And so, um, but that's something that I do. I will gather, you know, I'll, I'll put out the messages and gather everybody together for a party or like, you'll know this because yeah. you're part of our hiking group. You know, I mm-hmm. oftentimes will yeah. will either be the one to send out a message or I'll have another friend of ours that just sends out a message to, you know, 10 or 12 women and we'll just say, hey, we can hike on this day. Who can come? Mm-hmm. Or these are the days we're skiing this week. And so I kind of, I think that's part of that director kind of play where I'm saying, Hey, this is going on. Let's, let's just put it out there. If you can join us, great. If you can't, we'll catch you next time. And, and I do, I like to do that. I like to, to, I like to just not only gather people, but also give people an opportunity to uh, maybe get out and do something that they wouldn't have thought to do, you know? Yeah. You're you're an advocate for play, whether or not you realized it all those years or not. Yeah. Um, And not only just physical play, but, um, you know, whatever kind of activity, sometimes it's, you know, just going out to lunch, which is a great mm -hmm. way to play or, or for us, you know, group going to the temple or something like that, just a way that, um, just to gather people and, and just have that enjoyable time together. Okay. These are so, these are just cool insights watching you play throughout your life. Um, were there phases of your life that you found that play was absent? I mean, um, like not to get too personal, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> very absent. <laughs> Julie, um, can you speak to those? Like, for example, like when you were struggling with cancer, did you find that play yes. was in your life then? Um, well, it was really difficult. Uh, so I was diagnosed with leukemia. So I really resonate with um, Payson, Wendy's little guy. He's, he's, I always said, you're my bald buddy. Amazingly, I'm, I truly am a walking miracle. Um, 25 years ago is when I had leukemia and I received a bone marrow transplant from my brother was my donor. 
And so during that time, of course, that was difficult. I was in the hospital for a couple of months. Um, leading up to my transplant, I'd had chemotherapy. I'd been doing that uh, daily chemotherapy for about three months. But during that period of time, it was pretty easy to tolerate. Um, once I went to the hospital to do a chemoblast and the ensuing bone marrow transplant, um, I was extremely limited at that time. Um, but one of the things that saved me was that during that time, gosh, I'm going to, you know, I might cry on this one. <laughs> Don't worry. We take all emotions. They're all welcome here. But um, I've often said that one of the things that just saved me during those months in the hospital was that I was able to have my kids come and do sleepovers with me. Mm -hmm. And so um, they would, my kids were, um, eight to 14 at the time that I was diagnosed with cancer. And um, so the hospital would allow, I, I mean, I could have one at a time. They would bring this fold-out bed for them because I was in um, ICU in the, in the transplant unit. And so um, it, I couldn't leave the mm -hmm. unit um, at all. And so they would come and one at a time, they would come and have a sleepover. And we had not ever been a family that had done video games and that sort of thing. Our kids always wanted video games. But mm -hmm. anyway, one of the ways that I found play at that time was that they brought video, the hospital had like Nintendo or something. Yeah. So the kids were super excited. <laughs> so um, they would come in, they would bring the Nintendo in. They had this little bed that would be next to me. The kids would either um, climb in bed with me or else they'd be right next to me and they would play, you know, Super Mario Kart or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but my play at that time was just watching my children play and having somebody with me. Mm. when I was so isolated. Um, well, I, now, I will tell you one thing that just came to mind, though. <laughs> You'll love this <laughs> because I'm so crazy. And and part of it is like I've got that competitor part in me, too. Um, but one of the things that was really important when I was in the hospital was to, ha to try to exercise every day. I mean, for a long time, um, honestly, the team of doctors just said, we just want to make sure, just at least get up and shower each day. If that's the only thing that you can do out of bed, at least do one thing like that. And mm -hmm. so some days that was almost more than, than I could even do. Yeah. But the other thing I decided is they had a, um, they brought in a, um, oh, it's like a spinning bike now, just a, a a mobile, what is it? Just a, like a, a bike, you know? A bike, yeah. Yeah, yeah just, just a, a bike. And so um, we decided that um, that we would put a map up. So during my cancer, I had started um, with chemotherapy and I'd been diagnosed when we lived in Colorado, but we were in the process of moving to Utah at that time. And so we hung a big um, map on the wall and every time I would have a phone call or um, most of, yeah, most of the time it was like if I had a phone call, I would get up on the stationary bike and I would just pedal during that time. So anytime I was on the phone, I would try to be on the bike pedaling and then we would mark the mileage 
So when while I was in the hospital for those couple of months, I was able to bike from Highlands Ranch, Colorado, which is where we had lived, to Centerville, Utah, where we had moved. Oh. <laughs> or at, maybe I did the opposite. Maybe I did Centerville to Highlands Ranch, but I was still in the hospital. And so then I biked down to um, Colorado Springs so I could go to Garden of the Gods, which was one of our favorite parks to go to. And, and then I biked up to Estes Park. And so in all, I probably went about, um, oh, I think about 600 miles. Oh. during that time that I was in the hospital. And it was very, um, it, it was just like imagining here we are, we're going, you know, we're going to Colorado, we're enjoying this outdoor thing, you know. Yeah, which and is so, storytelling. I'm hearing like every single play style in your life. Yeah, I know. I know, it's crazy. Um, so so I did do a little bit of play in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, the other, and I'll, just another thing is, back to observing the family um, at that time they so I was at the University of Utah Hospital they were just um, Huntsman the Huntsman Clinic was not finished yet so I was in the BMT unit at Utah um, and I my room window faced north and a little bit of east and so I could see the the U up on the mountain the cement U mm -hmm. and um so, oh, I just thought of another one to another place. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Wendy. But <laughs> this day, I, um, so one of the doctors brought this big telescope in for me. And one day, Russ took our kids and hiked up to the U. And with the telescope, I could see them. Oh, how cool is that? It was really, really cool. Because I couldn't be with them. I couldn't be outside at all for a couple of months, but I could watch them. And that was a really cool experience to watch them. But another thing of play I have to, because of course going through cancer, um, it's, we didn't want it to be scary for the kids. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, how do you not, you know, scary enough, hey, yeah. your mom might die, but you know, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> um, and so, uh, one of the things that we did is I, I just thought, and this is, I'm sorry, this is becoming more about cancer than about play, but well, I, someone needs to hear it. I'm sure. <laughs> but when, um, I knew that I was going to lose all my hair when, when I went to the hospital and I thought, Oh, how freaky is that for these kids to have a bald mom? Yeah. And so we decided that we wanted to make it fun for them. And so, um, when I first got to the hospital, I had a pretty short haircut, not thinking ahead of time going to the hospital. Um, I didn't think about not being able to use like a blow dryer and, and things like that in, in my room. Um, electronic devices could interfere with the medical devices. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't have those kinds of things. So I had this hair that needed to be taken care of. So anyway, my friend came in and cut my hair pretty short. When I started losing the hair, um, we knew that it would just start coming out in clumps or you'd wake up and your pillow would be covered with mm -hmm. hair. And so one morning um, I was showering and as I was washing my hair, my hands were just 
becoming full of hair. And so I called Russ and I said, okay, tonight's the night. Because once that starts coming like that, you know that you're going to be bald within a, a short time. Yeah. And so he brought all the kids in that night. Usually he would only bring two at a time because it was just too much to have, um, you know, too many kids in because it was just, you know, just this isolated mm -hmm. room. Um, so he brought all the kids in that night and we had them buzz my head. <sighs> and so, cause we wanted to make it fun. We thought it's going to be weird enough to have a bald mom. So let's make it be fun for the kids. Mm -hmm. So they all took turns buzzing my head. And then the nurses told them that if they use surgical tape on my head that they could rub the tape on and then pull the tape and the hair would just come off. Yeah. And so, so, so they did a U on the back of my head and then they did a B on the top of my head. My brother, Brad was my donor. Oh, donor. And so they did a B on the top. So we just, that was a way to just let them play yeah. and let me play at a time that was really scary and yeah. not, not a fun time. Oh. And so they had fun. They just, they got to buzz my head and then they got to make designs in it. And then within a couple of days, it was all gone. <laughs> it's interesting so. that you have a natural knack for play. And I do love you've given some credit to your parents, but you probably have observed not everybody would have thought to make a scary situation playful. Do you have any inklings why you have a natural knack for play or um can you credit that to anything you probably just think it's natural and normal but you definitely have an extraordinary appreciation for play throughout your whole life that is a really great question um and i'm i'm not sure i think you know like in that situation i just i just wanted it to not be so frightening for my kids. Yeah. But I know that, for instance, um, I know that when women face um, baldness during cancer, I know that it can be a really, really difficult time. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if I just in some way don't allow myself to get to that point of being, you know, or rather than have it feel so negative. I like to turn things around yeah. to just make it more positive. Um, it's it's cool. a really good question. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, I, as an observer, I really like, I know you're an optimist and now hearing all of these stories, putting together that you have used play to make so much of your life. It's just, it's kind of validating for what I'm doing. And I just mm -hmm. love hearing how it has yeah, just shaped your life. Whether we ever figure out why, I guess that's less important as the result of it. I mean, would you go back and, you know, in maybe wrapping things up, do you have advice for those who are in an earlier phase of life for play, something that you would do either differently or just encourage us to do? You know, I've often said, like to you and others of our friends that are younger than I am, um, that um, I, I have observed that many of my friends seem to have been better or are better at doing more individual play for themselves. Um, because I feel like looking back, I, I feel like, oh, I didn't, for instance, I, I didn't take up golf until I was in my 40s. And now I didn't mention that earlier. I like to golf too. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, 
But, you know, I, I have friends that would take the time, even when their kids were young, to go and do those kinds of things. You know, looking back, though, I can't say that I regret that I didn't take more time when my kids were younger doing things for myself, because honestly, I really enjoy doing things with our kids or mm-hmm. now with our grandkids as well. Um, I, I feel like the more... For me personally, I feel like the more I can include others in my play, the more enjoyable it is for me. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I think it also draws others to have those enjoyable experiences. Mm-hmm. However, I will have to say that, like, for instance, when we would go on um, vacations and that sort of thing, I had to find an, and I credit your podcast for really helping me to reflect back on a lot of those kinds of activities because it took me a long time of um, planning activities or family vacations, that sort of thing with our family that it was like, go, 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 go. I, I am the type of person that I will pack in, you know, 150 things into a hundred minutes because I just love all of the experiences. Mm -hmm. But what I've also learned and, And this podcast has helped me look back and reflect upon how I have modified how I did some of that because um, there were times when I I was making my family completely miserable because they just wanted some downtime. Mm -hmm. Just let us sit at the condo or the hotel for a minute. And I'm like, no, we got to do this and we got to do this. And Okay, and we've got five days at Disney World and we've got six days at Universal and we're going to do, you know, I mean, I'm just like, pack it all in, pack it all in. But I know as, um, if I knew then what I know now about the play styles, I probably would have modified things a lot easier or more, a way that I could understand it more. Because for instance, I remember a time when um, we were in Washington, D.C. And, you know, you just, you can't have enough time in Washington, D.C. There's mm-hmm. all of the memorials. There's all the Smithsonian's. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. and and everything is so abundantly available. Yes. <laughs> and, but after a couple of days, I, you know, our boys were like, we just want to stay at the condo today. And they were teenagers at that time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let you do that. I'll, whoever wants to go downtown and we'll do this and this and this and whoever wants to stay can stay. And, you know, making modifications of saying, boy, their play is let me just relax. We're on vacation, but I haven't relaxed a moment. And mm-hmm. so, um, and so I think one thing that I would change to go back would be just to recognize the pl- different play styles of each family member and making sure that we are kind of catering activities to each of the different styles and that my way isn't good for everybody. It's good for me, but that I need to also say, wow, this child really enjoys the arts. Let's make sure that we get to, you know, a pottery studio or whatever it happens to be. And so I think just looking back, um, not assuming that everybody would want to do activities the way I would want to, and just, you know, and just make sure that we, that we really, um, cater to all of the different types of play styles. Julie, it's funny that you would say that because I would say the biggest benefit that has come out of me studying play is the appreciation of other people's play. That's been mm-hmm. really changing for me in our my yeah. relationships with my son who's coming home from his mission. I've arranged a whole area for him to play video games. I didn't see them as 
valid play. And yeah. my husband, yeah. when he's, you know, exploring, um, I totally appreciate that he's playing rather than just like, I don't know, I assumed he was avoiding me or something. So that, that's really yeah. cool. Or, or wasting time, you know, like yeah. somebody. and Because they're like not moving me. their body. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're movers, Julie. Not everybody we is. We are movers. I know we are movie, movers, and that is so true. And somebody else will look at me and say, why does she go and spend two hours playing pickleball? You know, yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, what a waste of time. <laughs> and I think for, for movers, it's easy for us to value validate that time and saying, yeah, but my doctor said I should exercise four to five yeah. days a week, you know? I know, and so, and that's good and that's healthy. Um, and so maybe it's easy to validate, um, yeah. the type of play that I have. You know. And, but, uh, but the flip side of that is gaining that appreciation for these other play styles and recognizing that, you know, somebody's not just wasting their, t you know, it's just not, a, they're just not idling time away because they're looking at something on their phone oh my gosh that that's totally. their play but but to me that's I mean for me personally that's hard for me to understand because I'm like don't be idle you have to be going all the time what are you doing <laughs> we used to drive Margot crazy Julie knows uh -huh. that's my mother-in-law that Dave would go to the DI forever and just but he's a collector <laughs> And so oh, once she yes. appreciated that, she was able to be like, mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm happy to see him drive away and go to the DI because I know he's <laughs> going to go play and that she can appreciate that that's his play. So Isn't that was that pretty mind-blowing for her. That That is really true, though. That's a great insight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, this has been really, really insightful. Any last words of wisdom? Oh, Wow. Well, I've, you know, a myriad of experiences keep flying to my mind because of over time, um, I think really just for me, it's a great appreciation that we are living and that's, you know, that I have, I say this all the time and it's because I am a walking miracle that I just, I just value life so much. Mm -hmm. Every day is a gift. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to live my life as fully as I can every single day. I have such a great appreciation for life. And so I just think whatever style of play, whatever brings you enjoyment, make sure that you're feeding that enjoyment every day because life is a gift. And, and to while away our time wishing this or wishing that, um, isn't always beneficial. It's just not always helpful. But if we can look every day, at a way that um, just every day is a gift. And if we can look in some way to find that enjoyment on a daily basis, I just think it enriches our lives so much. And it doesn't only make, it doesn't just affect us. Like if we have that kind of enrichment in our life, then it helps us in every relationship we have. And it helps us bring joy to others as well as to ourselves. That is truth these are good things i think you're you're a, like i've said it before a great example of play and of enjoying and appreciating life i i think you would be someone that doesn't need the podcast at all so i'm glad to hear that it has been helpful to you because you're kind of the model of play in my mind <laughs> <laughs> you're so sweet <laughs> thank you thank you so much for taking time away from your play to talk about play <laughs> and i'm sure we'll be going hiking 
uh, soon. And after that, we'll be on the hill together, I'm sure. Yes, we will. Except you like to shred right through the tree. So oftentimes we only get to ride up the lift together, Wendy, but that's okay. Isn't and then we can fun? meet at the bottom again. It is. Yep. It's great. Yep. See, it we're great. adapting our play to get the most out of it for everyone. Right. That's so true. That is very true. And I love it. Uh, thank you so much. This has been like just the best part of my day. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks for inviting Same. me. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Isn't she amazing? Thank you for listening today. And remember, if you want to connect, uh, find us on Instagram. Let's play for life. See you next time.